Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to HopeNet Radio, where conversations save lives. This is episode 127. My name is Jeff. Let me introduce you to our Hope crew tonight. My guy, to my left, your right, who's been assigned the code name, DW. How you doing, man? That was cool. Fine, thank you. Yeah, that was my code. <laughs> yeah. was your code? If you were really a secret agent kind of guy, you would have understood that, but obviously you're a mere mortal and not somebody trained. Is that like filtered through a walkie-talkie or something? No. Have you ever, did you understand, did you ever watch uh, Peanuts stuff? Charlie Brown stuff. Uh, when it was on for like Christmas. Yeah. And you, a teacher would go, wah, 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 wah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew everything she was talking about, actually. Exactly. See, that's code language. And uh, if you really are someone who's fluent in code language, you would pick up what she said. She said, Charlie Brown, you're bald and stupid. But they don't want to say that to children. <laughs> <laughs> So they do this cold language thing. I think you just gave away some international secrets. Yeah, that I know. I probably shouldn't have told everybody. That's what the teacher was saying. But really, the teacher was saying that. But they realized they had to do something because children would have been devastated. Yeah, hashtag spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry. Jason <laughs> is with us on the show tonight. Welcome back, man. We missed you last week. Yeah, you know, I, it's always a bummer to miss, but it's always great to be back. And sorry I don't have a cool code name like DW and some weird noises that come out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. but You'll mature. You know, I could tell you a corny joke, but that wouldn't really get No, please there, don't. So. <laughs> you, you do enough of that yeah, for us. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll have nothing to do if you start that. And I know you guys are getting ready. I know the, uh, really the men's retreat, that's coming up pretty quick. And summer camp is just around the corner. I know you guys are busy with a lot of that stuff. Any spoiler alerts there? Oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I mean, obviously summer, summer for us pretty much starts about a month from now. Mm-hmm. which is insane in my mind. And we're building a Western town because our theme is the showdown and we're going to have some, some really cool stuff. So if you um, have been to camp before, I encourage you to come back. If you haven't, come and give us a check out. Go to sbrsummer.org. We're going to have a lot of cool things, including some fireworks, maybe a stagecoach, horses, all that fun stuff. And it'll be really good. You're going to have fireworks from the stagecoach? You never know. Oh, man. <laughs> And men's retreat, that's coming up? It is. I'm so excited about uh, gathering men. Every year in the spring, I just take some time. And, and any of the men that come up, we, we spend a weekend. I just pour my heart out to them. And, and this year, I'm going to be talking about uh, the practicality of the churches in uh, the book of Revelation. I'm not, I'm not going to be talking about Revelation in general, but just you know how easy it is for us to be good at one thing, but really lousy at another, and how we kind of ignore the part that we need to not ignore. And uh, so we're going to be using the churches and revelations to talk about that. And I'm excited to be able to do that tonight. If you are new to this show, this is the show where conversations save lives every week. Dave and I 
have inspiring, great, meaningful conversations. Hopefully they encourage you to have real conversations with people in your life. And tonight, I'm excited. We've got some really great guests. We have a couple of different interviews going on tonight. Uh, first off, Jeff Eckert is joining the show. He's going to talk about the prayer movement on campuses across our nation and how it really involves students all over the place. And we're going to talk about Mental Health Awareness Month next month, introduce you to two young women who are inspiring people, young and old, to don't let go. So we're going to talk to them later on in the show tonight. Right now, I want to welcome Jeff Eckert to the show. Jeff is the founder of Never the Same, a movement across America that is uniting middle school and high school students to love God and to change the world in which they live. He's here to talk about prayer and something called Claim Your Campus. Jeff, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's great to be here, by the way. Good to be with you guys today. And um, yeah, I lead an organization, a national youth ministry organization called Never the Same. It's based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. We focus on really helping students to be change agents you know, when they experience God's love on their campus. We do summer events around the country as well. Our website's neverthesame.org. And, uh, yeah, along with you guys, I'm just excited to be a part of Kingdom Work and what's happening in students' lives. And, uh, yeah, really excited to talk to you guys today about what God's doing, what I see. Just looking at the youth culture today, starting out in a broad picture, you spent years in youth ministry working with students, empowering them, helping them understand what it means to live a faith-filled life. Talk about your passion. Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, several years ago, I think it was 2007, just feeling a real burden and urgency for students. I've been in local church and in working with students for over 20 years. And and that urgency really started to grow, I, I feel, in 2007. And I began to pray, you know, God, what, what can happen here? And in the midst of that, some students in our ministry locally there in Grand Rapids were praying at their school, and we began to see some changes there in the culture of that school. It's a very unique school in a lot of ways and uh, largest public school in the state of Michigan. And through that, God got a hold of my heart. And uh, the thing that I would say that God's really changed in me through the process of seeing students pray and seeing their campuses change, one of the things that's changed in me is I've I've gone from what I've uh, thought of myself as like a positive person and maybe a negative Christian to a, a positive person and an optimistic Christian because I'm so hopeful with what God's doing in our country right now. And I've found that uh, I think I was taking my cues maybe from the media, from the world, on my outlook and, and for the future. And I'm just really excited about what God's doing and what I see, how I see students responding to what he's calling them to do. It's amazing. Hmm. So what's the, what's the plan? What's the idea behind Never the Same? Yeah, we really see ourselves as change engineers. We want to bring about change in our society. We want to do it through students and through faith. So those that influence students, parents, youth workers, and students themselves, getting them a, a good biblical foundation and understanding of who they are, God's love for them, and the character of God. Uh, we found that if a student uh, is exposed to the truth of God and who he really is, is revealed in Scripture, if they can get a good foundation, that can last a lifetime. And the opposite's true. If they get a bad foundation, if they get a bad understanding, sometimes it takes a lifetime to undo that. So mm. we feel like our our passion is to get connected to them and really get them a good understanding. So we do that through our summer events, NTS Camp, uh, that we do at university campuses around the country. 
and uh, we we really pour into them. We pour into leaders, so we're doing that. And then Claim Your Campus and Bible Engagement is a big part of who we are, and we've got some initiatives in those areas as well. And so our goal is to bring about change and to really start with the mind of the student. How can we help them understand uh, the truth about who God really is? So when you talk about some of the change that you were seeing in the school district, I mean, you're a person that centers around prayer. What kinds of change were you actually seeing in the schools? Yeah, yeah. Well, the how it really started, what flipped the light switch for me was when we started this back in 2003. We called it Claim Your Campus. A friend of mine in Denver and myself in Grand Rapids, we just, as youth pastors, started with our students. It was a annual prayer walk they did around their campus. And then in 2005, students in my ministry said, we want to do this more often. How can we do it? So we organized weekly prayer groups. And when it all started for me was we started praying at this school, East Kentwood High School in Grand Rapids, Michigan area. And, and we're praying every week. And students, when they were praying, were praying really nice, but very, and I'm not trying to be mean here, but kind of thoughtless, powerless prayers. You know, God, help us today. Be with us. Watch over us. But things you wouldn't maybe necessarily know if there would be a definitive answer from God on the answer to their prayer. So I asked him one day, let's pray for something specific. What's something that is an issue at the school that you'd like to see changed? And immediately the conversation turned to violence, fighting, the culture of fighting at the school. One of the things that's unique about this school is there are 48 different countries of origin represented in the student body. Wow, really? So yeah, it's a really amazing place. And um and so the the diversity there brings a lot of great things. It also brings some challenges. And so we just decided amongst the eight students and myself, we met on Tuesday mornings, let's just pray for that. Let's not make a big deal about it. We didn't really even tell anybody. We just started doing it. And uh, and that really, I've, we found out later, the school board reported fighting had stopped about two months after we started praying weekly for the first time ever, and they couldn't figure it out. So wow. that's really where it really changed for me. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back here on the show. Connect with us right now. We're hanging out on the tweet back. If you're hanging out on Twitter with us, use the hashtag HNRTV. Be a part of the tweet back tonight. This conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Our coaching lines are open tonight, 24-7. Anytime you need to chat with someone about life, about struggles, about things that are you dealing with in your life, and you just don't know who to go to and talk to about these things, our coaches are available right now at hopenet360.com slash help. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight on the show. We're sitting down with Jeff Eckert of neverthesame.org and his organization, they've really planted something that I think is really good for young people to be involved in and that is this thing called Claim Your Campus. Jeff, what is Claim Your Campus? What is this all about? Claim Your Campus is middle school and high school students uniting for weekly prayer groups at their school. If you might be familiar with See at the Pole, it's an annual gathering it's once a week instead of once a year. So students meet at the same time, same place. It's student-led, so they initiate it, and they gather together, and they pray for change at their school. They use our app, which kind of guides them through that. They register their school so we can track the movement. Our goal is a million students. That's 15 for every middle school and high school. There are 67,000 middle schools and high schools in the United States. 
we want to see a group of at least three students per day meeting for prayer. So that's 15 for every school. So that's our goal, a million students this generation bringing prayer to every campus in America. That's awesome. I mean, it's April, and we're looking at the calendar, and we're thinking, well, school's almost out. Why are you guys talking about prayer on your campus now? Isn't it too late? It is not too late. We have prayer groups start all the time throughout the year, and we encourage students, you know, when God moves, that's the time to do it. So when God's moving, it's not like, oh, yeah, well, we'll do that in September or August, whenever school might start. Come on, Jeff. Summer school. Yes, summer school. Don't forget summer school. Some of us, you know, remedial kind of people, summer school. That's right. And I think, too, it's it's worth noting that prayer on campus needs to happen year-round. You don't need to have school in session for things to be happening at the schools and, and around our community. And so, prayer. we talked about prayer changing your local community in Grand Rapids, some of the things happening in the school district, changes that the school was like, we don't really know why this stopped, fighting stopped, things that were going on that were causing them headaches and, and just moments of pain they would just rather do without. So there were some things that changed in their environment. How does prayer change a person? How has it changed you? Yeah, we really have seen, I've seen that for me personally, we've seen that in the movement that the number one thing that God changes when we pray is us. And I've seen that in my life. My God really called me in this whole deal to be a man of prayer. And I always thought that prayer people were kind of the, either they were really weird or really old or sometimes both. Yeah. And, um, but through that, God's really helped me to understand that about myself, my deficiencies in that area. But he's brought me to a new place personally, and that's what we want to let people know and students know with Claim Your Campus is that when you are involved in this, it will change you more than it will change anything. So when we say prayer equals change, we're also talking about individually as well. Any person that spends even a minute in prayer, that's not a minute wasted. Dave, Jason, you guys, you've, you've had some moments in your life where you've probably had times where you've just prayed. If you're like me, you've had moments where it was like you felt like you really connected with God. You had really meaningful prayer time. And uh, I don't know how to substantiate that other than if you've done it, you know what I'm saying. But then there are moments where you just feel like, oh, is it really, is anything really happening? How has this changed you over the years? Years ago, I thought that I personally was responsible for things and I, I learned I wasn't. That I was, if I didn't pray for something, there's no way it could happen. And therefore, people were ending up in hell because of me and um, their lives were wrecked because of me. And what I realized as I got older was that honestly, I was making it about my, my thoughts, my efforts, my works. It wasn't about God anymore. And that was so unhealthy. What prayer has done for me and my, the greatest times where I think I commune with God is when I'm so helpless. When I am totally helpless, when I come to him and I say, God, this is so big that I have no way to work on it. I have nothing to do, but I'm bringing it to you, my Father. And all of a sudden, it seems like those things start to move and take shape. And, and, and it's not because I prayed. It was because I think God just wanted to demonstrate his faithfulness to me. And, and, and when I pray, I become aware of my own inadequacies. And, and when I become aware of my own inadequacies, I'm in the proper position to see God, and I'm in the proper position to show God. And so prayer does. I, I love what he said earlier, that prayer changes people. It changes him. And, and I would say the same thing. I, I used to, in my younger day, you know, believe that prayer changed things. And certainly things change. But I think prayer changed me in position to me so I could see the things that God was doing and get me out of the way. I mean, I've had uh, issues where I've almost died from pulmonary embolisms and I've had heart 
attack issues, and I've had, you know, you, you know, I live with narcolepsy, and th- there are so many times where I feel so inadequate, and even to this day, running the ministry here at Silver Birch Ranch, the people that know me well know that I feel totally inadequate to do that, and and what that does is it causes me to go to God and say, God, how do we do this? I mean, what do you want me to do today, and how, how can I get this taken care of and that? And I feel so helpless and hopeless here by myself. And it's those prayer times where God says, in a way, you're not. I'm in charge, and I'll take care of it. And, and you've been here, Jeff, and many of our listeners have. You can see what God's done through the last 49 years of, of just doing that. And if you were to ask me how I made it happen, I would laugh at you, because most of the time I... I can't tell you how it happened on the front side. I, I'm just going to God saying, God, what about this? And how are we going to deal with this, God? I, could you, you know, often I have said, God, could you let me run into somebody that, that would help us here? And within days or weeks, I run into somebody and they help us. And I, I'm not sure it's because of my prayer. I think it's because I'm acknowledging that I can't do it and God's just showing me who he is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think those are the most important times in my life is when I'm feeling totally helpless. And when I'm feeling totally helpless, I go to the one who I think can help. And the only one that can help is God. And so in many cases, the helpless situations are blessings from God so that it draws me to himself. Prayer is one of those things, and and Jason, I don't know if you have some thoughts on this as well, but prayer is one of those things that I think a lot of Christians underutilize, to be quite honest, because it seems like we know in the back of our minds we should spend time praying. I mean, that just makes sense if you know anything about the Bible or anything about the Christian faith. It's it's centered on this whole communion relationship with God. And a lot of times, though, we just go throughout our day as if, you know, it's almost like as if we can do it ourselves, like you talked about, Dave, where you just don't have to rely on anybody except for you. I mean, you just go through life and you think, well, things are going really well. Things are happening here. I don't have any really huge crises going on in my life. And, and so I don't, I don't know that it really affects it. So even when I do pray, you mentioned this idea of, you know, kind of thoughtless, meaningless prayer times. Like you just kind of thank God for the beautiful day outside, the nice weather. And, you know, thank you for lunch, which I bought with my credit card today. And, you know, so it's just kind of these, it's almost haphazard. How do you approach prayer? How do you guys all approach prayer today? And it maybe it's it's been some of that through the years, but I'm I'm sure your prayer life has probably changed from just, you know, thanks for the nice day, God, or whatever. Like Yeah, you know, one of the things that I heard someone say recently and I really resonated with it, they said, Imagine sitting down with a great leader, whether it be a president or a great business leader. If you were to sit down across from them, would you do ninety percent of the talking or ninety percent of the listening? Hmm. And so I think for me, what I've learned is that it really begins with listening. That's where I try to start. Yeah, that's good stuff. We're going to talk about this as we go on in the show tonight. When we come back, we're going to sit down with two young women and talk about Mental Health Awareness Month coming up in May and an initiative that is really cool. I think it's a neat thing to be a part of. We're going to talk to them when we come back here on the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. 
Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW with you tonight here on the show. And we're sitting down with some special guests tonight here on HopeNet Radio. I've got Bree and Lizzie in studio with us tonight. And they're going to talk about some mental health issues that are going on, that they're very passionate about. And you guys, you're both seniors at University of Green Bay. Yep. So introduce yourselves. Sure. Well, my name is Bree Hansen. Um, just like you said, I'm a senior at UW-Green Bay. Um, I'm a social work major, and I have a child welfare emphasis. So currently for my senior year, I am interning in child protection. It's just been a great experience. I've loved it so far. And I, in my free time, I'm very passionate about community service. Um, I volunteer with various nonprofits in the area and throughout the state of Wisconsin. I work with a nonprofit where I grant wishes for children, which is my favorite thing to do. And yeah, I absolutely love getting out in the community and bringing awareness about different topics. That's awesome. Yeah. And Lizzie? I'm Lizzie Kroll, and like Bray, I'm also a senior in the social work program with a child welfare emphasis, and I also have a human development degree. I'm also interning at a child protection agency, um, kind of doing everything from intake to ongoing, so that's been really interesting seeing all different aspects about what goes on in the child welfare field and all the challenges that our youth have to face. And like Bree, I'm also really passionate about volunteering, and I do a lot of things on campus. I work for the Advancement Office, so trying to promote things on campus and school support and things like that. So that's another area that I'm passionate about as well. Are there very many men that are in the uh, field of social work? Um, Generally speaking, no. In our class of 35, there's only two gentlemen (laughs) at the moment. So I think the field definitely could use more men, both of Um, I work in an agency where there's five social workers for the whole county and two of them are guys. And I think it just brings a totally different perspective to the field. And we definitely could use more men. I I remember when I was in uh, teaching, taking uh, elementary education, that was my major. Oh, cool. There weren't many men there. There were like three of us in the whole department. Yeah, before I decided on being a social work major, I actually was going to go into the education field. And it was the exact same. There was only a couple Uh, men in the class. And just like Lizzie said, it's now the same for the social work program too. Is it that men basically um, are are not social or, you know, when I actually counsel couples, oftentimes I will talk to them and and tell the man that that he needs to listen to his wife in order to understand some of the relational principles in their life that they're not getting. And and maybe that's it. Maybe that's not it. But I I think that we should do a better job at recruiting men into the the field of social work and uh, elementary education, those kinds of things. Yeah, it very well could be. Uh, I mean, there's also other things that go into it as well. I mean, social work doesn't pay the highest, so a lot of guys are just more focused on the money. I mean, that's unfortunately, that's a reality. <laughs> that that prevents a lot of guys from getting involved in some of these social issues. And you guys are talking about child welfare. What you're really here to talk about, May, is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yep, May 5th. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Does mental health overlap in child welfare? Yes. Um, dealing with many of my clients, which we do work with families in general, so the parents and the children and maybe other guardians or other family members, um, I do recognize mental health as being a significant challenge that many people have to face. Um, so just like you were saying, um, May is very important. And to go along with our campaign, uh, May 5th is National Children's Mental Health Awareness Day. When you talk about mental health, I'm trying to figure out, can, that, can you have a checkup for mental health, like physical health? Well, that's a great question because in our society, I find it very 
hard to understand that when people, let's say, um, have back pain or a stomach ache, they can right easily go to the doctor and explain their symptoms. And um, to society, that is just a normal thing we do. We are open about talking about our physical health and things like that. But when it comes to mental health, um, many people just don't want to talk about it. And I think that's why our campaign is really important. And one day, I hope that more people will be able to easily walk into a doctor's office and explain um, their mental health symptoms, such as feeling depressed, feeling down, having doubts about themselves. And right now, I don't really think that people go in to talk about mental health, but one day I hope that that is a more common thing. It is something that is very important, and there are a lot of people today, millions of people, who do not go in, who do not go in and seek treatment for various mental health things. When we talk about mental health, what kinds of issues are we actually talking about? Um, through my work with child welfare, a lot of the mental health challenges that we see are depression, anxiety, um, bipolar disorder, some um, schizophrenia, things of that nature. And um, we've learned through class that trauma has a large impact and can impact um, mental health. So I think highlighting experiences that we've had in both our childhood and adulthood can kind of help bring awareness to the mental health challenges and kind of help address what's been going on. So if people are more able to talk about what's happened to them, what their life story is, that can bring a light to mental health awareness as well. And specifically what we're focused on with our campaign is youth suicide prevention. So helping address challenges surrounding depression and going to loved ones or school staff or anyone that a child feels comfortable with to disclose that they're having feelings of sadness or that any challenges they're having to kind of shed light on depression and anxiety specifically related to suicide is what our campaign is trying to shed light on. What made you want to get involved in mental health focus, especially among children and, and adolescents? Um, well, just because of my internship and experiences, I do love working with children. And um, it really just breaks my heart when I see children going through this kind of challenge that turns into an obstacle for them. So what turned me into being passionate about youth mental health is really just going through the stats. I do some research on it just casually to read about it, and it just shocks me that every two hours and 11 minutes, a person under the age of 25 completes suicide. That one just really sticks in my brain, and I think about it quite often, and it really goes to show that people aren't talking about it, people aren't aware, and as a social worker, I feel that it's my role to educate others and especially advocate for those youth that are feeling that way. Our brains are so complicated. Yes, and they are. I mean, the brain is overly complicated. There's so much research going on about the brain today. And part of mental health, I mean, there's a stigma about seeking treatment yep. for mental health issues, whether it's bipolar or schizophrenia or anxiety, depression, any of these things. There's a lot of different ways to treat it, too. And everybody's unique. Yep. And I think the faith community also has to be a part of it to understand that sure. mental health isn't just something that has to exist in a clinical kind of a setting. It impacts the church as well. Talk to us about your campaign. So, like you said, we are students from the social work program at UW-Green Bay, and uh, seven of the students in our cohort created a social media campaign, and we decided to call it the Don't Let Go campaign. It is youth suicide prevention. Most importantly, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash don't let go campaign. Um, and we're also utilizing um, a hashtag, which is just hashtag don't let go. We're going to put resources on the Facebook page, explain about us, put posts that regard to youth suicide prevention, and um, just really let the community be more aware of what's going on, specifically in the area that we're living. But we also want to expand and have the page go really far 
um, to various states and things of that sort. Um, we are also creating posters that will be displayed around Brown County, schools, nonprofits, places where people and youth will be able to see them. And then we also are working on having a local bus campaign that is in the works right now, but we are hoping to have the bus um, displayed with our logo and information about us sometime in May. What's your goal? I mean, what do you want people to be a part of and do in the midst of this campaign, the Don't Let Go campaign? As you can see, if you look up our Facebook page, our logo is a, an arm and a hand holding a balloon. In the balloon, it says life, and then in the arm and hand, it says don't let go. So we're really trying to um, captivate the younger audience. It's a, a cool, flashy logo um, with the use of the color yellow. And really what we're doing is we just want to bring um, awareness and prevention to youth suicide. I want more youth to be able to speak about it, more adults to be educated on how to talk about it. And we're open to making this as big as it can go. I would love to have um, even a huge day event specifically for our campaign and really just to see how far it can grow with the community. Special thanks to Brianna and Lizzie for coming on the show tonight here on HopeNet Radio. You can find all the links, the poster, everything about the Don't Let Go campaign under tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Check out HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Subscribe there. Leave a review on whatever platform you use. You listen to the show and let us know what you think. You can always connect with us on the tweet back tonight. We're hanging out on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. And be a part of this conversation. We're talking about prayer this week. We've got Jeff Eckert in studio, and he's talking about how prayer equals change tonight with us on the show. So, Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight here on the show. Jason, you had a thought as we were just talking about approaching prayer and how prayer has changed you in your life. What are some of your thoughts about prayer tonight? Yeah, you know, as, I, as I've been listening to our discussion and just thinking even about my experience with prayer in my life, and you know, it's something that I value a lot, and even with my team over the summer, I try to make sure that, that prayer is at, at the heart of what we do. And I, and I think it's because of this reason. I think that, A, we don't pray as much as, as we should or want to, you know, especially young people getting into ministry. And so I, my goal has been trying to model that because I think as you pray more, it changes not only who you are, but even, it even changes your dialogue with God. You know, and what I challenge even my team to do is to start spending time in prayer. You know, and at the start, it's always the same. You know, it's praying for, you know, the laundry list of things that you want to see God do in your life, thanking Him for the weather and things like that. And we kind of mentioned that. But after a while, the more you pray consistently, the more that those things run out. And that's when the transformation starts to happen because you realize that, you know, this prayer thing isn't about just listing off my list of laundry things that I want God to do in my life. It's about getting to know who God is and saying, you know what, God, what is it that you want me to see? What is it we want me to learn about who you are? You know, how can you use me to impact the lives of others? And all of a sudden the shift happens, you know, no longer is the majority of a prayer about the things in your life, but it becomes about those around you and about really what the heart of God is all about. And we've talked about that 
previously on the show about how God wants us to love him and to love others. And I think the more that we immerse ourselves in prayer and even do what Jeff talked about and listen, all of a sudden the focus in our prayers is no longer us or the things in our life. It goes into this other thing. And and Jeff, I don't know if it was in the break or as we were talking on the show, but this thing called intercession, you know, and that's, I think, what God wants us to understand in prayer. And so that's the cool thing for me with prayer is that if you were to even to sit down and say, you know, for the next two weeks, I'm going to spend five minutes in prayer a day. You know, five minutes isn't too long. I mean, we spent five minutes checking out Facebook, but in those five minutes, the first few days, you know, might be so self, you know, focused and all that just because that's what you're used to. But after that, you run out of things to pray about. And that's when you really start to listen and see God utilizing your prayer life to help you understand more of who he is. I want to bring another guest into this conversation with us tonight. We've got Jason Cott here. He's working with the National Network of Youth Ministries. Jason and I work together on collaboratively on Wisconsin efforts to network youth pastors together. But aside from what we do, we're going to put some links into our show notes tonight on our website. Jason, first off, welcome. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is fun. Yeah, so prayer. I don't know if you have any thoughts. Some of this conversation has been, you know, centered around prayer, the idea of claiming your campus, um, working with young people. What are some of your thoughts, some of your passion? I know you're a man of prayer. You're someone that takes it seriously. Did you just start out one day as soon as you became a Christian? Like, you just were on fire about this whole prayer idea. I had the opportunity to be raised really by strong Christian parents and just to see the prayer that is modeled in their life that they, it wasn't a show, wasn't a big deal or anything, but it was just that I knew that they were praying. In fact, I, I remember after going off uh, to college in to do ministry, my dad at one point feeling a little guilty. He's like, yeah, you know, we didn't do devotions enough around the table or, we, you mm. know, I, I feel kind of bad about that. And, you know, maybe we weren't that great of a, an example at times. And I, I just had a laugh. I said, Dad, I... I knew in the morning if I got up early, had to use the restroom, I, I, to get to the restroom, we had to, I had to go by the living room, and I saw him in prayer. I saw him in the Word, and that made such a huge difference to me. And I, and I think that as adults, we forget that how we approach prayer, how we model it to young people is so crucial. You know, one of the things that we do with National Network of Youth Ministries, we're the backbone organization for CU at the Pole. And see you at the poll has taken some fire over the years about, well, it's about a show and it's about, you know, it's more about, look at me, I'm praying and I'm praying for you, you heathen, you know, kind of yeah. a thing. And is that happening in some schools? Perhaps that is. But I know that there are schools where it's not. And I think the key reason that it's in those areas where it's not is because adults are modeling it well, that they've come alongside the students and have, have been intentional to teach them about prayer. Mm-hmm. So if you just kind of let students go and, and off on their own, hey, go pray at the pole, it feels like a look at me. But if we walk alongside and coach them through the process, you know, you see a, a big change. That's happened in my life from the time I was young, seeing with my parents to mentors across my lifespan. You really understand that, that prayer is more about changing my heart also with the National Network of Youth Ministries. You know, we talk a lot about unity and, and bringing people together. Our founding president, uh, Paul Fleischman, I remember him telling me this. He said, when we pray, unity is really a byproduct because God draws our hearts together. You know, we need to leave our egos and logos at the side 
and really focus on Christ. And he's the one who draws us in for mm. his plan. And whether that's claim your campus at school, uh, doing something in the community, or just our family's heart, drawing our hearts together, being on the same page together because we're serving the Lord together. Yeah, one of the things that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks has been centered around this book called The Epidemic, and it's all about raising young people, raising our children to become loving and, and happy. There's a lot of other words that go into that title, but it's it's talking about some of this generation, how this new generation of millennials that uh, seems to be more self-centered, and Dave, we throw out the word narcissistic a bit. We're just, we're, we're so me-centric. A lot of our society is just, you know, it's the I generation almost, you know, where it's, it is about me. It's not just the technology, but it's, it's about me. Yeah. And as you guys were talking about this whole prayer thing, I think maybe one of the hang-ups, one of the, the obstacles that every one of us has to overcome is this feeling like I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, Dave, one thing that you said was you, your prayer time is more effective when you realize how simply helpless you really are in, in your life. And there's a situation that requires not just your efforts, but something beyond what you can give a situation. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think if you live in what God is doing, if you, if you really understand even remotely, um, about his love for you and his power and his authority, you realize that there are no limits for him, but there are huge limits for you. And so why wouldn't you talk to him about that? He's the one that can solve it. And, and here's the deal. You understand his commitment to you. He loves you. So if he doesn't solve it and you've talked to him about it, it's good. It's all good because he's the one doing it. And, and prayer allows you to get there. Um, as you, as you communicate with him on those things. Um, you know, too many of us really picture God as our sugar daddy rather than God. Uh, in other words, we, we come to him, we say, hey, we need this, we need that. Oh, you're not God. You didn't give me what I wanted. You know, that doesn't even work at Walmart with a five-year-old with their mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it really doesn't work with God either. I mean, it's not like you can say, God, I prayed, you didn't answer, so prayer is ridiculous. Well, man, then my kids, as they grew up, if they asked me things that I said no to, man, I'm not their dad and I'm ridiculous. I mean, I, that's not true. And we need to refocus on who God actually is. He's the God of the universe. He loves us tremendously. He's committed to us. We keep that in mind and live that way. Our prayer life will be different. A great conversation starter tonight with one of our live coaches can be right about prayer. If you've had questions about prayer, you've had things that you would just like to sort out, what does it mean to start a healthy prayer life? Chat with one of our live coaches right now at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Also, while you're there, jump on the tweet back with us. Use that hashtag HNRTB. We've been talking about prayer tonight here on the show. I know it's kind of an interesting topic and interesting conversation because a lot of different people have a lot of different ideas about what prayer is and what it what it involves and what that looks like. Some people, Jeff, you'd mentioned that it looks kind of weird. You think of people that are prayer people are just a little bit different, maybe. I don't know if everybody's that way, but uh, maybe we have just some predispositions to it. So, Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight here on the show. We're sitting down with Jeff Eckert with us on the show. He's from Never the Same, and 
also claim your campus claim your campus.com is his website for this really great outreach prayer outreach now one of the things that we brought up that really hasn't been touched on much at all is the idea of prayer on campus and today there are a lot of interesting things happening. You, you see headlines in the media about how there's an organization that will try to contact the schools and say you can't pray on campus and all this stuff. Prayer on campus is still a touchy subject for some people. And there's some hangups, maybe some myths. And so one of the things that I know you talk a lot about in some of your presentations with Claim Your Campus is you guys help dispel some of those myths. So what are some of the myths that you're hearing about on campus? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, 50, a little over 50 years ago, when the Supreme Court had their rulings on prayer, the myth kind of arose that we well, can no longer pray in school. And that ruling was about state-funded schools where it was teacher-led or led by the administration over the intercom or in class. And student-led prayer has actually been legally upheld over and over and over from all over the country. And so one of the things we want people to know, adults and students, is that prayer is absolutely a legal right of students on their campus. And when it's student-led and student-initiated, there's absolutely no legal issue. And so we want people to know that, this idea of the separation of church and state. And people go, well, how can you have this national prayer movement in public schools when you can't pray in schools. And that's a myth, and we want people to know that. And if the church can kind of get the right information and help us, I think that would really continue to catalyze the prayer movement when they know, okay, yeah, students can do this. And so to someone that would say, well, do you have a problem with Muslims or other faiths utilizing this idea of a prayer concept, would you have an issue with them praying on campus? You know, the way we approach it is we tell students, you know, you don't need to grandstand. You don't need to make a big deal. Jason mentioned earlier about see at the poll. It's not about the show. It's about them just gathering and humbly saying, hey, we're going to, you know, commit to claiming this campus and praying. And so that's how we approach it. We say, you know, don't worry about what anybody else is doing. But you go there and approach God and ask God for change in this school. Ask him to really change some of the issues that you see that are that are breaking the school apart you know everybody wants to put everything under the same umbrella and it's not i mean whether it be business or school if you have to have a certain time of the day where you have to go somewhere and you have to spread out and that kind of thing that's a different issue and whether it be prayer or anything else i mean that's a different issue as far as the way that you know he's teaching prayer and what we're talking about there's no issue there because of the fact that it, it isn't something that you have to, you know, have everybody else stop for and reassign their day around you. That, that isn't what prayer is. And that's not what it does. So I think, I think you have to separate the issues a little bit if you're going to be able to deal with it properly. I totally agree with that. Now, for those that are listening, we've got a lot of parents to listen to the show as well. And some of the adults, youth workers, there are a lot of people that are interested in youth culture, not just students wanting to pray on campus, but adults. How can adults be involved in Claim Your Campus? Yeah, we, we encourage students, uh, when they start these student-led prayer groups and they're meeting once a week, they invite an adult to be an encourager to them, a cheerleader. And on our app, there is a, a section for adults where they can register as a part of the school and be what we call a campus sponsor. And that adult, I want to really encourage you adults, parents, youth workers, youth pastors that are listening, jump on the app on Claim Your Campus. It's on all the platforms. Download it. Put your school in there, and we want students to, to help the group be more sustainable by inviting those adults to be a part of it. So when the adults do it, they may not meet with the group. In fact, most of the time they don't. Uh, we think it's really most powerful when it's in the hands of students they're meeting, but that adult can play a behind-the-scenes role 
to encourage and to help, you know, if they need reminder and, and continue to pass the baton maybe between the school years, between classes. Yeah, that's really good. And talk about the app a little bit, the whole Claim Your Campus app. You guys developed this two years ago? Yeah, well, we actually launched it last summer. We've okay. worked on it for two years previous to that. It took us a long time in development, but we're really proud of it. It's it's pretty simple interface, but it allows us to track the prayer movement. It teaches students about prayer. When they open it up, there's a, a prayer day. So it says, is today your prayer day? It is. There's a, a some sayings from Jesus about prayer to kind of get their hearts in the right place. And it just guides students through leading that prayer time. And what we found is for any age, but especially students, prayer can be a very intimidating thing. Well, I don't know what to say. I'm not sure how to do it. So this really helps guide them through that so that they don't have to uh, you know, be held back maybe by their lack of understanding or confidence. And they can do that by opening that app and seeing it just leads them right through it. And we've had great feedback from students about that. The whole idea is connecting people with prayer specifically around their campus. Is it just middle school and high school? It is just middle school and high school. That's our focus. And there are a lot of other great prayer ministries. One of the big questions we get asked a lot is, when are you going to do this for colleges? And for us, we find that is our focus, middle school and high school. We want to really introduce prayer, raise up a a generation of students that know how to hear and, and touch the voice of God. And there are a lot of great college prayer ministries that already exist, and we feel like they're doing a great job, and we want to focus on middle school and high school. Do you have any stories that you can share from some of the testimonies or things you've heard from students who have embarked on this journey? Yeah, recently, the story that grips my heart, and it's one of our most recent ones, is we were at one of our events, and we saw a student write a note, and one of our guys captured on camera, and this student wrote, Claim Your Campus Saved Me, and we went and dug into that story and found out What had happened, this student, um, female, was actually sexually assaulted in the hallway of their public school by another student, and that threw her into a spiral of depression. And one day, a student came up to her and said, hey, we got this thing called Claim Your Campus, you should come. And she thought, that's so dumb, I got to get up early, they met before school. And But she decided kind of against her best wishes to go, she came, and she said immediately she began to see change in herself, in her school, and the others, and God used that to get a hold of her, brought her out of that depression. She, you know, gave her life to Christ and was able to forgive that student that assaulted her. And she said, claim your campus honestly saved my life. And, mm. and so we're we're inspired by that. That's why we do it. We want students' lives to be connected to the love of God on their campus. You know, Jeff, um, let me ask you a question if I can. Sure. Places like Silver Birch Ranch, we work with thousands and thousands of students a year. How would we be able to partner with you so that we could get information to kids and they know that we approve of this and endorse it uh, so that um, the thousands that come here that are from all over the Midwest can infiltrate their schools and that kind of thing and use your services? Is there a way that we can connect somehow with that and get materials or something? There is, yeah. I'm glad you asked that. On ClaimYourCampus.com, we have got a, a resource that will be up in literally just a few days, and it's something called CYC Connect. So a ministry like yours, the camp, also youth groups or events can go there and download. There's video material, there's teaching material, and it's adaptable. You adapt it to your setting and you know your style of ministry and you can connect your students and it gets them launched right there it gets them you know together and can they can launch those prayer groups right from there so it's called cyc connect and if you go to our website right now i think it's already up claimyourcampus.com slash cyc connect 
would be that link. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna check into that. I would encourage our listeners if you're a part of a, a youth group somewhere or a ministry like camping or something like we're doing here, check it out because obviously the more inputs we have, the better. And and this sounds like something we all need to get behind. Links are in tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. We're going to take a break here. We've got our final moments with Jeff Eckert and this conversation when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Chat with the live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. If you're going through some stuff tonight, you just need to connect with somebody and talk about real-life stuff, real-life pain, real-life hurts, real-life questions that you just don't know who to talk to about these things. A live coach would be a great person to go and talk with right now on our website, HopeNet360.com is where that's at. Jeff, DW, Jason, your host tonight here on the show, and we've taken a little bit of a break from our series on the epidemic just to talk about prayer and the power of prayer. And it's been a really great privilege to have Jeff Eckert with us on the show from neverthesame.org and Claim Your Campus. Jeff, I'd like to hear from you. Some of your final thoughts, we've talked a lot about prayer, a lot about some different things that young people can be involved in, adults can be involved in. What do you want people to take away about you, about your organization, about this whole prayer movement? Yeah, our organization, again, it seeks to inspire students to bring about change in their world and their culture and our culture. And God is on the move. He's doing so many great things. I want people to listen to this right now to, to be reminded and inspired that God is bringing hope all the time. That's what the kingdom of God's about. And we believe students are a very strategic investment, catching them early in their life in the formation of their theology, of their ideas. And so that's what Never the Same is about. And Claim Your Campus, we want to see campuses just flipped upside down with the power of God's love through prayer and students being privileged to be a part of that. And so check out you know our stuff, go on our social media, especially the Claim Your Campus, Instagram, Twitter and that kind of thing. And the hashtag, the hashtag we use is prayer equals change. Jason, you've kind of been sitting in the background. Jason Cott from National Network of Youth Ministries. And you work to bring youth pastors together. How can youth pastors jump on board with the whole prayer equals change and this whole Claim Your Campus movement? What are you seeing? What is your heart? Absolutely. Well, in Sheboygan County right now, there's a group of about 10 churches that have jumped on board. In fact, after we're done here, we're heading down to Sheboygan to meet with those youth workers they have all decided to adopt their school and start working together to help students connect on the campus with Claim Your Campus. And they love the app. That's one of the first things that they talk about. They're like, this This is such a cool app because you can, in the app, see which days are chose by which kids. And as adult sponsors, they're able to find out what some of the kids are, are praying about what some of the issues are at school, so it helps them to pray directly. And they're starting to ask some of their own volunteers in the church to come alongside and, and coach. You know, we mentioned that, you know, the the coach isn't to be on campus with them or anything, but just to be there to encourage them. And so Claim Your Campus, I think, is a great point of unity, that if you're looking as a group of youth workers to say, hey, how can we work together in our community? Well, one of the things we say uh, is one of the hallmarks of a good, healthy network is prayer. Mm-hmm. And so if we can come together and pray together, that's, that, would be, that would be huge. And that we're doing that and in, in reinforcing that with our students to get them on campus to pray, 
that's a huge win and brings great unity to the to the community. And what comes to mind is this is just another tool. So as a person who spent time in youth ministry, I mean, you're a dad, you've got a teenager at home, teenagers in your life, mm-hmm. you know, as many tools as you can get into the hands of your kids to instill value, instill the principle of a prayer-filled life, the yeah. better. I mean, that that really, that's what yeah. it boils down to. We need tools. We need helps. We can't just do it all ourselves, <laughs> exactly. really. Well, that's just it. And that's, that's, youth pastors are so incredibly busy. They've got so many things going on in the church. But this is a way that they can just mentor and and put something into the kids' hands, and it's really on, on the on the students to lead it, and and they love that because it it's discipleship uh, happening in the life of a kid. I think anything we can do to help encourage people to humble themselves and come before our God is is going to change people's hearts. Um, it's what does change people, and it, and it's what does change the nation. And any parachurch ministry, any church should be working toward that. So I encourage our listeners to think about what they can do to participate and encourage students to be praying on their campus. And um, why not use this organization, work with them, and, and see if we can't uh, get those people, those how many do you have, a million people or something that you're looking for? Yeah, our goal is a million students, 15 for every school, 67,000 middle schools and high schools. Well, so if we have a million listeners... <laughs> If we do, we're getting close. Let, let's go and get get it done. <laughs> you know, and, and it doesn't take much. I think you, you, fifteen per campus, which really, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that much. Like I even think back to when I was in high school, you know, and at our CU at the poll event that we used to do. I mean, we'd probably get at least thirty, you know, in a school of twelve hundred, which in the grand scheme of things wasn't a lot. But I mean, it, it doesn't take much. And so mm-hmm. I would just encourage you, whether you're a student listening, whether you're a parent listening, whether you're a youth pastor listening, look for ways to partner up with this ministry because they, they've created created tools to make it easier to pray, you know, and, and that's an amazing thing. And so I would say, take advantage of it. And even if, even if you're not in a school, start praying, you know, you don't have to be part of the claim your campus movement to pray. Uh, you could pray without that. And, and the more you pray, like we talked about, the more it changes who you are and the more it helps you understand the heart of who God is. Some good stuff. You know, when we get ourselves centered and focused on actually taking time to pray and growing in that area of our life, I know it, it and like you said, Jeff, you, I think you brought up one of the biggest obstacles that people face is just the feeling like you're awkward or that there's just something weird about you if you're going to actually take this prayer thing seriously. No, prayer, prayer is a lifestyle. I, I thought prayer was just something that I did. No, it's prayer is more of a reflection of who you are. And as you spend time actually praying and in relationship with God, you begin to change. Your heart begins to change. The things that you focus on begin to change. And it changes not just the external things. You know, prayer actually changes their heart, their decision-making process. That's the hardest part of a person to change. But when we spend time in prayer, when we actually align ourselves with God who sees things as they really are, we begin to see our life differently. We, we see how we interact with people in our life differently. Situations, you know, that once were stressful in our life, no longer are really that stressful. It's just not as important as we thought it was. So prayer does equal change. And so being a part of this outreach, being a part of Claim Your Campus is a great, it's a great thing to be a part of. Check out tonight's show notes. You can find the links there for all of their stuff, their site, their app, all of the good stuff going on there with Claim Your Campus. It's under our show notes at hopenet360.com. And also our live coaches are available 24-7 anytime you need to chat with somebody about life, about difficulties. And especially tonight, if you're thinking about what it's going to take to spark a lifestyle of prayer, 
this would be a great time to go and chat with one of our life coaches. And you don't have to be necessarily a young person, a teenager. You could be somebody, you could be an adult listening to the show and you're like, I don't think that my prayer life is really that effective. You know, like I just, I don't think that I really, I really have a meaningful prayer time. I don't know how to pray. I mean, we think it's weird to ask that question. How do I pray? Because it just seems like we naturally, when we decide we're going to follow Jesus, that we just become pros at praying. But that, unfortunately, this is, it does not happen. So one of our live coaches would be really glad to walk you through that as well. If you are interested in becoming a live coach on our Crisis Chat Line, check out HopeNet360.com slash coach. Thanks so much for joining us here on HopeNet Radio. All the stuff there, it's all on our website, HopeNet360.com 24-7. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Later. Bye-bye.